Welcome back to TanakhCast. This is episode 56. We'll begin with a brief summation of the concluding five chapters of the book of Joshua and follow with a consideration of farewell addresses. In chapters 20 and 21, the chickens come home to roost. Not literally, of course, although it is the Tanakh. Perhaps some chickens did come home, but in these chapters I employ this tired cliché to indicate that long-standing promises are now being fulfilled. Yoshua sets up six cities of refuge as prescribed by Moshe in the book of Deuteronomy. Also, the Levites received the 48 cities they were promised. And with that, the settlement of Canaan is complete. And as the closing verse of chapter 21 indicates, quote, Nothing failed of all the good things that the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. Everything came about. Also, finally, the warriors of Reuven, God, and half of Menashe, who had promised to fight alongside their brothers until the last man was established in their allotment, well, they get to go home too. And once they return to their wives and families, they erect a massive slaughter site on their side of the Jordan. The western tribes amass at Shiloh with the intention of waging war against the eastern tribes. So a delegation is assembled. Pinchas son of Eliezer join the ten heads of the tribes, and they go to speak with their brothers in the east in Gilead. And they are angry. What are you doing, they demand. Don't you remember that what happened at Baal Peor, that terrible thing that to this day we still have not lived it down? And don't you understand that God will smite us all for this? Remember what happened when one guy took some stuff that didn't belong to him? But the leaders of the eastern tribes have a good answer. God will determine if the slaughter site is for good or for ill, but it serves a greater purpose, not as a slaughter site, but as a reminder to future descendants of their bond with God, despite what future West Banksters might say about their East Bankster brothers. They affirm their allegiance to the slaughter site in God's chosen house, answers which please Pinchas, son of Elazar, and the other tribal leaders, and so the war is called off, and the East Banksters officially name the slaughter site Witness, so it serves as a witness and testament to their good intentions. The final two chapters of Joshua recount Yehoshua's farewell address to the people. He is an old man now, and as the text indicates, the Jews live for a while in peace and security in the land of Israel. Yehoshua recounts the miraculous conquest, how God drove out Israel's enemies in exchange for religious fealty, and how, now that the getting is good, they should not forget how all the good was gotten, and that it could be taken away if the Jews, quote, indeed turn back and cling to the rest of these remaining nations alongside you and intermarry with them and come among them and they among you. So Yeshua reminds folks about the flip side, about how God can smite just as quickly as he can bestow gifts. And so, assembled at Shechem, he seeks to renew the covenant. He recounts the ancestral story of Avraham leaving Ur of the Chaldees to settle blah 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 and yada yada, Moses blah 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 Amorite kings, you know the story, but here's the rub. Yoshua tells the people that in effect, with one tuchus, you can only dance at one wedding, so everyone has to choose their god, quote, but I and my household will serve the Lord. The people answer unequivocally, Yehoshua, I guess, either doesn't believe them or wants them to repeat their answer so no one can claim they didn't understand later. So he says, God can get very angry, and he can be really mean. And the people answer, So Yehoshua gets them to reaffirm their commitment to the covenant and all the decrees and all the laws, and he writes it all down so everyone is clear about the terms. 
And then Yehoshua dies and is buried in his inherited town of Timnat Serach. And finally, Yosef's bones, which had been repatriated from Egypt, are also laid to rest in Shechem. And Elazar, the son of Aharon, is also buried in Giv'ah, the Levitical city, which is home to his son Pinchas. And so, with the close of this chapter and this book, the stage is now set for a generation who has not known bondage or wandering to screw things up in a big way and prove all the concerned trolls right in the book of Judges. Thus endeth the summation, and beginneth the consideration. As farewell addresses go, how would you rate Yoshua's farewell address? Though it's been practically a whole book ago, or in Tanakhcast terms, seven episodes. Moshe's farewell address still rings in the ear when perusing the present example. What does a good farewell address need to do in order to be considered good? Let's have a listen to Walter Cronkite's farewell remarks. Cronkite was the venerable CBS news anchor from 1962 to 1981. He reported on historic events like the Kennedy assassination, the war in Vietnam, which he essentially declared a bust in 68, the U.S. space program, and the Watergate scandal. His was the voice of authority and reason for almost two decades at CBS. And when he decided to retire, he wrapped up his time in the anchor chair as follows. This is my last broadcast as the anchorman of the CBS Evening News. For me, it's a moment for which I long have planned, but which nevertheless comes with some sadness. For almost two decades, after all, we've been meeting like this in the evenings, and I'll miss that. But those who have made anything of this departure, I'm afraid, have made too much. This is but a transition, a passing of the baton. A great broadcaster and gentleman, Doug Edwards, preceded me in this job, and another, Dan Rather, will follow. And anyway, the person who sits here is but the most conspicuous member of a superb team of journalists. Writers, reporters, editors, producers, and none of that will change. Furthermore, I'm not even going away. I'll be back from time to time with special news reports and documentaries, and beginning in June, every week, with our science program, Universe. Old anchormen, you see, don't fade away. They just keep coming back for more. And that's the way it is. Friday, March 6th, 1981. I'll be away on assignment, and Dan Rather will be sitting in here for the next few years. Good night. In under two minutes, Cronkite did all that a good farewell speech is supposed to do. You acknowledge your leaving and then all the feelings your departure evokes, which should be sadness with a little gladness mixed in. Then you reflect on your time together, thank those who preceded you, and hat tip to those that will follow. But above all, you thank all the folks who supported and worked with you. You may be leaving, but you didn't get to where you got to without help. And then, depending on the nature of the departure, you offer a see you later rather than a firm goodbye as a closer. With this checklist in mind, let's review Yehoshua's farewell, which is really a two-part farewell. The first is to the leaders and elders, and the second part to the nation at Shechem. He starts out strong, with a personal touch, recapping all the miracles of God that he personally witnessed going way back, at least to the beginning of the invasion of Canaan, and the dispossession of the Amorites and Bashanites on the eastern bank of the Jordan in the days of Moshe. But even reminiscences serve a purpose, the grave admonition, to keep the Torah and not worship idols which becomes a central theme for Yoshua. In fact, it's all he talks about for verse after verse after verse. But wouldn't the leaders and elders be on on side about this already? And when he speaks to the people, Yoshua goes all the way back to the way, way back to Avraham to remind everyone about God's role in Jewish history, especially the Exodus and all the miracles God lavished on the desert generation. But then Yoshua takes an interesting turn. He turns his farewell address into a referendum about God worship. 
as if all the nudniking, hectoring, badgering, and otherwise pain-in-the-assness about idolatry wasn't enough. He says, me and my people, we choose God. What about you? And then, when the people say God too, he doesn't believe them. He continues with the nudniking, hectoring, badgering, and when it goes back and forth a couple more times, he actually takes out a literal piece of paper and writes it down, a contract, and to make that agreement monumental, he sets up a standing stone as witness. These are all very effective rhetorical tropes for the moment, but if he's going to depart, as in die, how is he going to make sure that the people keep their word? especially as he doesn't do what every farewell speech-giver does. He makes no reference to all the folks who supported him along the way. He doesn't mention, say, the Levites, the most loyal, hardest core supporters of the previous leader. Or did they fall out with Moshe's Ephraimite successor? They did get their 48 cities as promised. What about his own kin, that is, his extended kin, the Ephraimites? Would they be his enforcers? This is doubtful, as he makes no mention of a possible successor, hereditary or otherwise. So what remains? This quaint little call and reply from people caught up in this emotional moment? A piece of paper? Or a standing stone? In a sense, one could read this farewell address not as, I may be gone, but my legacy will continue, but as, so long, farewell, auf Wiedersehen, goodbye, which, if you recall from the finality of the Sound of Music, it is nothing more than a cover for escape. If you liked what you heard today, tell a friend. Send them an email to say, hey, you should check out TanakhCast. Or you could do the social media thing and like TanakhCast at the show pages on Facebook or Google+. Or you could leave a kind word in the comments section at thenextjew.com. Or write a brief review at the iTunes store. Or find TanakhCast at Stitcher Smart Radio or SoundCloud and leave a kind word there. It's a small thing, really, but it will help me and help other people find TanakhCast. And I thank you for that in advance. And encourage you to come on back and join us next week-ish for episode 57 when we start the book of Judges with chapters 1 through 3. 